paint a perfect picture, pictures ain't my thing But I could put a story in your head and open up your eyes So listen close, this one is for my brothers, sisters, cousins, all humans alike Let's take a second to remind ourselves to keep you humble And if my brother should fall, my sisters have a stumble Pick you back up, life's a my speed of source But we're still just trying to figure it out before I die Okay, so uh, we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. And tonight we're going to talk about football. Football. Love football. Absolutely. We're huge fans for our teams, but fans of the sport in general. Oh, yeah. College, NFL, high school. It's all fun. People hitting each other. Also, no, absolutely. I mean, that's it's physical. I think that's why a lot, you know we love it. And, and obviously the game and it's it's fun. Um so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of excitement in the game. You know, it's kind of funny. The actual time that, that there's action in a football game is really small compared to the amount of time of the game because you have in between each play. Right. So if you, if you do the, you know, fast-forwarding through a football game, right? it's a three-hour football game. It takes you about 45 minutes to actually watch all of the action and then just fast-forward between plays. Yeah. And, you know, coming off the field, going on the field and all of that. But, yeah, you know, football is is unique in the sports world, in my opinion. It's just different than the other sports. Oh, yeah. There's so much buildup to the start of the season. There's so much buildup to just the events themselves. You know, the weekends during football season are more of an event the you know if if you're really into college then uh, you know Saturdays are huge right if, if you're a fan of the sport then it's you know watching any game you know where you have a big matchup you know if Alabama is playing LSU LSU Florida you know the start of this season is going to be exciting because the first game is Alabama Florida State Ooh, that is exciting yeah I mean and and that's a big game. I mean, to start that off, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's a huge event when when football game day comes around and and uh, you, you wake up and and your day is almost you know around football. How you know what are you? How are you preparing for it? You know what are you doing? How are you you know are you tailgating? Are you you know going and pre gaming somewhere? You know where are you watching the game? Right. And for us, you know, we're, we're duck fans. Oh, huge, huge duck fans. And so for a long time, even back before, uh, you were around the, you know, duck football games have been an event, whether it's been, you know, when we lived in Eugene, going to the games and, and tailgating. Nothing better than watching a game at Autzen. Exactly. It's, it's a great place to watch games. Oh yeah. But, you know, I've lived up there in 25 years. Right. So, you Gotta know, since, do with what you have. since then, it's been events. Yeah. You know, we have a party at almost every game. Yep. And even and, whether it's just us. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of, you know, our, our, our place is a little smaller now than it used to be. Right. But we used to have 25 people come over and they weren't all necessarily Duck fans or some of them weren't even football fans. Right. It was just it was a party. It was an event. Exactly. And that's been kind of our history. Right. Um, you know, came up with the idea of, of having a shot of something after every touchdown. 
After every touchdown, yep. And for years, it wasn't a big deal until they started getting better yeah. and towards the end of Bilotti's years. And then with the way that the teams got, got so much better, then there was a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, started to developing into the, the fast-paced offenses of Chip Kelly. Right. And, so, uh, But you're right. It's been an event. Right. You know, and then Sundays, you know, one of the things about, about football, you know, as opposed to other sports, the impact of football Sunday on the local sports bars. Yeah. I mean, they ramp up and hire more people. They open earlier. They staff more people. They probably double their staffing for those days. Right. Because it's a huge deal. It's huge. You know, places, I love places that start serving a breakfast when they don't really even have a kitchen. Right. You know, so they've got the little toaster. The hash browns? Yeah, the hash browns that you get at oh, yeah, some you, fast food places. Okay. Yeah, you know, little, fill in the blank of whichever fast food place. Little toaster ones, yeah. Those aren't actually shredded potatoes that are cooked on a flat top. You know, those <laughs> things are, are little things that you throw in the toaster. Oh, yeah, or, or breakfast burritos made with French fries. They're trying to put a breakfast in there. Because... Absolutely. So they're trying to throw a breakfast out there. Right. But it, it impacts things that way. Totally. And it's, it's so much fun because you show up. You, my favorite place to go is Doc and Eddie's. Yep. And Doc and Eddie's is a huge place, and it has a bunch of different corners. So each, each team has their own little section. Which is awesome because a lot of places, I mean, no one else, I mean, there's not a lot of places that do that. And so, no, a lot of them have, they'll, they'll be a particular team right. bar where they'll be, you know, a, a Bears bar because Chicago, there's a lot of people from Chicago. And yeah, or Denver bar, you know, you Broncos. Know, Denver, and of course, you know, the Cardinals right. are huge because it's the local team. But with Doc and Eddie's, you see these little pockets of guys wearing their jerseys and, you know, rooting for their team. Right. And it's fun, you know, and the, and the great thing about that is because I love to go in there and watch those games because something's going on all the time. Right. As I mentioned earlier, the amount of actual action, I knew I was going to say that actual action <laughs> during a football game is, is less than you would think. So there's commercials and there's downtime. Well, the great oh, yeah. thing about having a bank of TVs in front of you is there's something going on on one of those TVs constantly. Right. And that's what, you know, another thing about it being such a big grill bar scene is, you know, it's all day and there's, you know, people sit there all day long to watch these. So, yeah. you know, it's that many beers and that many meals. And right there, there are those people. And then there's also the changeover of if your team plays the early game, right, which most of the games are your East Coast or Central time. So they're, they're the early games. And then you have the late games. And in some places, and I know at Doc at Eddie's, and a lot of times it's a changing of the guard. So, you know, an area, it, you go in there and it's absolutely packed yeah. and there's no place to sit. Then the early game gets over and it clears 70% out. of those people leave. And all of a sudden, you know, they restock for the afternoon games. Right. And all of a sudden, 70 more people yeah. roll right in. Right. So, you know, that's always fun with that. And now that they've expanded, now there's Sunday night football. And there's Monday night football, and they have Thursday night games, which is just an atrocity to the sport. Yeah. And should be eliminated. It is becoming, in that case, it is less of a specific event and fun. And, you know, uh, you're excited about Saturday and Sunday when you have it five days out of the week or four. Yeah. Well, Thursday night games are just wrong, whether it's because college has done that as well. Oh, yeah. The Pac 12 has some Thursday night games and. 
And traditionally, it's been horrible. Thank God the Ducks play Saturday except for the very last week. Yeah, there's a Friday. Yeah, one Friday game. Yeah, just the event that it is. The other thing about football that's a little different than other sports is that each game matters. Yeah. Certainly in college. Oh, yeah. You can't lose a game if you have aspirations of being a top team. Exactly. Maybe one, and it has to be early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. It, or against the number one team or, you know, someone that's right above you. Right. Yeah. It's it just every game means so much. And I think that we've experienced that to the fullest, you know, on both ends from being not even in, you know, the top 25 to being around the 20s comfortably for a while and then, you know, jumping up to being some of the top teams in the nation. We've, right. It's always more fun when your team is competitive. Oh, yeah. And that's true virtually and with anything. I mean, you're you're a fan, so you're going to follow your team. Yep. Okay. And I've followed my teams. I've had the same teams for a long time. And every time we talk about sports, this always comes up and I'm always saying the same thing. <laughs> no. And, well, I mean, I just, I've, I've been a true fan yeah. to my teams. And no one's doubting that. And when they go up, that's great. And it's a lot of fun. And you mentioned game day, which is... You know, the ESPN game day that goes to these, you know, one place every Saturday. Yeah, the game of the day, wherever they feel that is. Right. Then they want to they want to feature something. And it it's fun when the Ducks are involved. Oh, oh, yeah. It's, it's Which really they have fun. been quite a bit. In recent years. years. Yeah. In recent years. But it's still the event like you're talking about. And the hype that goes along with it and the buildup for it is really a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I I enjoy it. I mean, it's it's getting me excited right now. Yeah, <laughs> just talking about it. Well, exactly, and and that's that's the fun thing about football. Yeah, is that you know we still have a few weeks before you know the opening game. Right, we got NFL preseason going on right now. Right, which tonight. is get you a little bit of test of. Right, so the 49ers are playing tonight in preseason, and you know that's that's is it their first preseason game? Yes. Okay, so they'll have. Three more. Okay. I believe there's four preseason games. So when that's over, then the regular season starts. Now, the thing with pro football is that you have more leeway. And once again, it depends on the division you're in. There are some factors, not just your record. It, they don't just take the best records and put them in the playoffs. You have the divisional races and you have the NFC and the AFC. Right. And so, you know, they're... I like the way they break that up. I mean, it's, it's, I think that that would be, it should be that way. I guess in the NBA, that's usually the case. You know, there's not usually one team that's like the top of the Northwest division and they don't end up being one of the top eight teams in, in the West. Right. There's three divisions and eight teams that they take. Right. So, that, yeah, it's very unlikely that the top that a number one team in a conference isn't one of the top. Isn't eight. one of the top eight. Yeah. But but when it comes to the NFL, it's the divisional winners yeah. and they don't group them at that point with, OK, the best records because you have wildcard teams that get in. Right. And if you win your conference, you get a home game. Now, so for you, people that don't know, the wild card is... The wild card is you didn't win a division, but you have the best record of the teams that weren't divisional winners. Right. Okay. So whoever came in second, the best team that came in second. Right. And let's say, for example, you have a team that goes 
14 and two and wins the division. Yeah. And then you have a team that's 13 and three. Right. They didn't win the division. Okay. Then you have a team that's six and seven, but won their division, which happened a few years ago. (laughs) So the 13 and three team goes to the six and seven team and the six and seven team is the home team. Wow. Now there's some issues there. Yeah. A little bit because you're kind of playing the same teams. It's not like you're not, you know, your schedule is, is totally different. It is a bit different because within your conference, you play each team twice. Right. There is some, something to be said about that, but still. So there's six of your 12, right? There's six 16. Okay. So it, it, you know, you have 16 weeks. Right. And you have in your, 17 weeks to play that. You have one by one by throughout the, the year. Now with the way that they set up the playoffs, it, it can be a little weird. And it has been in the past. I remember with the NFC West, which is Seattle, San Francisco, the Cardinals. Cardinals and the Rams. And the Rams. And they were all so bad that the team that won the conference was six and seven. Yeah. That has not been the strongest conference. I will say that. Well, in recent years, it has been. It's, It's been really good. Seattle, I mean, winning the championship. And right, and they were in the Super Bowl again. San Francisco was in the Super Bowl. Right. Um, I mean, I, mean, I, I just the, remember the, the times where they were all really well, bad. And, and that particular year is yeah. the one I'm talking about. Well, what I believe Seattle was the team that won the division, and New Orleans was the team that had the 13-3 and record, and they had to go to Seattle. And Seattle is a very difficult place to play to begin with. And so they went and Seattle won the game, which kind of quieted people from saying, wow, okay, you know, they shouldn't have been in the playoffs because they were six and seven, but they had the advantage of playing at home. Right. And that's, you won your division. It's just kind of the way the cards fell, you know, how it worked out. But, you know, is it fair? No, but in that way, I mean, if you're a Saints fan, it's not fair. If you're a Seattle fan, they of course it's fair because they won their division, you know, they were in the best yeah. team there. So, well, there's arguments on both sides. Exactly. You're absolutely right. But then again, okay, that's what we're talking about is, is that, you know, each game matters much more in college than in pros In pros, you know, in the NFL, you can lose a game here and there. I think that you're, it's, it's weighted differently because you know that every NFL team has a chance of winning a game on any given night. You know, sure, the Patriots have a higher chance of winning any game that they play, but any team can beat them right. on any night. Well, that's true. And also, historically, the NFL has, has the most teams go from worst to first, where they're horrible one year and they're a playoff team and competitive the next. It is, a, it is definitely a league of mediocrity, and that's something that you know, through rules and through salary caps and, and through all of the things that that you have in football, they wanted that. They want that competitive competitive edge. Yeah. So you've got everybody kind of in it. And each year, right. you don't end up with the dynasties as much. Now, New England is, is kind of unique in that regard. And that's only because they cheat and we hate New England. Exactly. But other than that, <laughs> you have... Uh, a lot of teams, you know, you mentioned the 49ers, you know, the 49ers had a horrible record. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Harbaugh shows up there and they're in the playoffs. And the right. next year 
you know, they draft Kaepernick and, and then all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the other two years in a three year period, they were in the NFC championship game. Exactly. And, you know, and then all of a sudden they fall off the face of the earth. Well, I, that was due to a lot of reasons. I mean, if you look at that year and that off season when we did fall off, I mean, we had, I think, three people retire that were our main staples in our defense. Right. We had we had players retire. We had we had players get injured. Trades. Harbaugh. Frank Gore. Harbaugh was forced out. Traded or something. Trent Baalke is kind of a weird guy. They yeah. finally have gotten rid of him. Uh, I don't know what his motivation was. But again, you get these guys in some of these positions and in a lot of cases they're they're egocentric. They're they're just almost impossible people to be around. And then you put three or four of them together, you get a head coach that has a huge ego and a yeah. GM with a huge ego. And in the case of the 49ers, an owner that's clueless and doesn't have an idea of how to deal with this stuff, <laughs> then then you have that that implosion. Yeah. But last year, you know, the 49ers won two games. Who knows what's going to happen this year? Right. This is the fourth head coach in four years. Kyle Shanahan. See what he can do. Exactly. You know, and it's not unreasonable to think with drafting and with the way that the, the NFL is set up that the 49ers could be back in the playoffs next year. Exactly. I think that's that's an exciting thing, you know, for the NFL and a factor that that I love about the NFL is that is that in you can have one messed up season where you win two games and all of a sudden, you know, be back on your feet the next season and you know, yeah, you're right. There's not very many sports out there that you can do that. Exactly. At all. Exactly. And also the competitiveness. Unless you're the Yankees. But they never really have that kind of a bad season. Well, yeah, they didn't have a real good season last year. Oh. But yeah, you're right. You know, they traditionally have been around. But baseball has changed. So you can't do what Steinbrenner did for years, which is, you know, bring up a certain number of players through your farm system but then augment that with some of the best players in baseball that you sign as free agents because right. everybody's got money now. And, and the, the amount of money that gets thrown at free agents is ridiculous. Crazy. And the thing with that, and another thing about football. Got to spend money to make money. Well, the, the difference with football is that not all the money in these contracts is guaranteed. Yeah. In baseball, in basketball, every dollar is guaranteed. So you sign some guy to a long-term contract. You can't get out of it. You basically have to eat it. The Yankees are paying A-Rod this year $25 million. Man. For doing nothing. He's not even, you know, he's, he's, he's running. Be on, what is he on, uh, MLB Network? Yeah, he's on something. He's uh, running around doing TV and chasing after J-Lo or something. Yeah, I don't know. So, But he's getting $25 million for the Yankees because of the deal that he signed. Well, the NFL is not encumbered with that. He's going to come down as one of the smartest players of all time when he knew his career is <laughs> not going to be anything. Goes and signs a, like a nine-year. No, it's 10 years. 10-year. Yeah, $275 million contract. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, think- I don't know if he'll ever go down in the annals of history as the smartest guy <laughs> ever. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's getting $25 million. Right. But that's what you had to do to get those kinds of players. Yeah. Now the well, league, you don't see anyone signing. Are they signing 10 year? Yeah. Deals? Carlos, Carlos Stanton has one now for 300 million or something. Oh man. It's, but it's, he's at the beginning of his career. Right. A-Rod but, was near the end. 
Well, yeah. He was, but maybe you didn't know not, it at the time. Well, not, yeah. He, yeah, he wasn't really at the end, but if you project out what he could have done, and there are players at his age that are still productive. Right. It wasn't too ridiculous. Okay. But again, in baseball, you're stuck with that. That's right. kind of the point of that. Well, in the NFL, you're not. You can sign some guy to a $100 million contract, but you choose how much of it is guaranteed. And it may only be $20 million. So they'll say, okay, here's a five-year, $100 million contract, but only the first year is guaranteed. So here's the $20 million for this year. That's guaranteed. Next year, we can cut you and not owe you any money. Right. So you're not saddled with the ridiculous contracts that you sign. Now, on the other side of that, when you look at it from the player's perspective. Right. They're not entitled to as much. They're not, they don't have as much going for Well, them. they're just not guaranteed that money. They're yeah. signing that big contract. And what happens is that almost becomes a detriment. Because it's as like you the start. the power out of their hands. I think that's what well, has happened in the in NBA is that the power's in their hands. Right. No, the NBA is a whole other animal. Yeah, I know. But but what you end up with is that now this player has this large cap number. Okay. And maybe the next year he's just as good and he's fantastic. Okay. And then maybe the next year he's really good, but not quite as good. So now all of a sudden you start looking at, well, $20 million for this guy. Yeah. Is he, he performing where he, we... He was worth it, but now he's not. But he has that number. So he gets cut. So you see a guy that was a pro bowler last year. A guy that's a really good player, but no, he's no longer worth the dollars that we're paying him. That we're paying him. So we're going to cut him. Now that creates a whole other thing. I mean, it allows the NFL to jumble a little bit, maybe. I mean, well, exactly, but it, it doesn't take a team and hang them with a ridiculous number, right? With a ridiculous salary that they can't come back from. The Detroit Tigers right now are in a horrible place because they owe so much money. Because to get rid of some of these players, you have to eat part of the salary. Right. Because it's guaranteed. They're going to get their money. So you trade away a player that's not really that good, and you eat $30 million of his contract. So now you're paying for him to be somewhere else. Right. He's getting double his pay, basically. Well, he's getting his pay, but only a portion from the team he's playing for. The other portion is from the team he used to play for. Mm. So it, it creates a whole, whole different thing. Yeah. Now, you can look at it as the players is this is unfair. You wanted to sign me to this big contract, but now you don't want to pay me that. Well, but if you look at it from the idea that, all right, yes, we signed this big contract, but you haven't held up your end. You're no longer this player. Right. That you were. You have fallen off. I mean, it's legitimate. Exactly. Because like we talked about, A-Rod, they, they gave him... $25 million to go away this year. Yeah. They didn't even want him on the team. Yeah, exactly. You don't even need to be moral support. Get away. Exactly. So how is that fair? Now, yes, it's a contract. To me, there needs to be some kind of balance in between. Yeah. Now, if a player does get hurt, there are insurance policies and there is compensation for a hurt player. One of the you know, fringe players, say, for example, that gets hurt and so they cut him the next day. Right. And you look at that like, wow, that's that's cold. Right. That's but, seriously cold. But there are compensations for that. They're, they're, they do negotiate. If you get cut like that, then if, you're going to get right, a certain it, amount. Right. You get hurt and get cut. It's, it's a paperwork issue. So now for the number of players, they can bring someone else for that roster spot. Right. But it doesn't mean that they've kicked you to the curb 
you know, and they don't even pay for your bandages. Yeah, they don't care about you. So that that's a little misleading. But still, the idea of what it does is it keeps it more fluid for teams. And that's why you see some of the big-name players in the next few weeks, you'll see big-name players that change teams, that get cut. And also, it shows that when you have, if you're a player and you're a good player, and they come to you and say, we'll give you $200 million contract. If you're smart, maybe you go, no, let's make it 120. Because I believe for the length of this contract, I can play to that level. I still have $120 million, and I'm not going to get cut Yeah, the week before the season. It's hard to turn. I don't know. I mean, it, it's. I think it comes into egos at that point. But it's fake money. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's $200 million, but they're not guaranteeing you the $200 million. Right. But you have that number but attached to you. How many NF? I mean, I guess there are people that are going to be real and realistic with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's some people that well, McCoy just came out and said that he's the best, you know, NFL running back out there in the league right now uh, at, at, what, 29? I mean, it's not too old, but I mean, he, he no, just... No, the magic number is 30 for, yeah. for running backs. For the most part, it's... After thirty, that's when they're that's when the fall off happens. Pretty much done. I, you know, I just feel like that's his ego is gonna. He's not gonna say, well, especially someone that's younger, is not gonna come out and say, I'm I'm not worth this amount of money for this many years. You know, oh right, they, they, no, no, I get it. I but, get you know, it. A smart player would, but well, but you have to look at the long term. Yeah, and that's why when they throw out the number every time that they talk about a football contract. They talk about, okay, it's this much money, but they, the main thing is guaranteed. How much of that is guaranteed? Because you will get all of that. Yeah. No matter what. So going back, changing gears a little bit, going back to college football, you know, talking about the Ducks uh, mainly because it's kind of exciting right now with what's going on. I mean, as, as we're talking about football and the excitement of football and coming up on the seasons, for the Ducks, for us, this is a, a big season. For oh, us. it is, and and really for both. For well, yeah, for the for NFL, for the Forty ers and for because the Ducks. it's two totally new staffs, right? Which the Ducks haven't had in a lot of years. A, a totally new staff. A lot is an understatement. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, you, I you've got to go back over thirty years. That's huge for an it's, NFL. It's very for a college football program. Yeah, unheard really, of. Yeah virtually any sports so as fans we don't know anything different and that's what i think what makes the oregon season for me a little bit more i mean you know you talked about it earlier how many head coaches that we had for the 49ers in the last five years we've had four in the last four years four right exactly so you know being able to you know uh experience this with the ducks is just something that's completely new and i think the thing that's making it super exciting because, I mean, that, that can be a very scary thing. That can be something that you are, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the momentum. How are the players going to react? But being able, obviously social media helps being able to you know, follow up on this. But it's, it's exciting because there's so much good things happening at Oregon right now. Right. And that's, you know, again, you know, we will have a podcast and we're going to talk about the Ducks in depth to the point that it, we're just going to make everybody sick. But that's okay. It's our podcast, and we're going to do it. Oh, yeah. But you're absolutely right. The, the build-up to this year with the Ducks, it is new because of a complete turnover with the staff. Right. I think it needed to happen 
but when you when you completely redo something, it's different than tinkering, right? You know, which is kind of what they did when they moved Chip Kelly to, you know, to the head coach from from Bilotti, yeah. is that you still had kind of the same staff and you still had that consistency that you know you're going to win. Put Don Pelham, you know, from the linebackers coach up to. Well, but then that's... Chip Kelly leaves, and now Mark Helfrich takes over. Right. And here's where, you know, just promoting from within, which is what they had done for 30 years, because Bilotti was the offensive coordinator and moved on to head coach when Rich Brooks left. Right. And then with Helfrich, Chip Kelly took over. He was the offensive coordinator before he was head coach, and the same thing with Helfrich. He was the offensive coordinator coordinator and went to to head coach right so but helfrich was the wrong person unfortunately and, and he made a lot of bad choices man i wish he was you know still there for an offensive coordinator i think he's a good person to have on the team i thought honestly what do you think would you would you want help on it's as far as with this team right now would you want helfrich as an offensive coordinator if he would have stayed there absolutely not no no because it was time to do something different yeah and you had to go through and and change everything because it had become so muddled, so stagnant. As you mentioned well. You mentioned Don Pelham, who should it was not should never he was been not considered for that job. Exactly. I mean, it was a fantastic team, and if they would have brought in Justin Wilcox, say for example, who was the person that I thought they should have hired when Aliotti, the defensive coordinator, retired. Right. But they didn't do that. They just elevated from within because that was their nature. That's what they did. It's fine if you have quality people. If you have the and right Don people. Pelham is a good guy, and he's a decent outside linebacker coach, but he's no offensive or defensive coordinator. Yeah. And the defense just went from okay with yeah. a fantastic offense to two years later, one of the worst in college football. Yeah. Again, that's, that's difficult if you're, if you're moving people through you know, you look at what Saban has done, and he loses coaches on a pretty regular basis. Coaches and players regularly. Right, right. But college, you know, you always have the players moving through. Right. We have uh, Cristobal right, right now, who was the offensive line coach for, for Alabama. For Alabama, yeah. A great coach. But Saban is able to bring in other quality people. Right. Next and, man up kind of thing. Yeah. It, he maintains that quality level of staff, even with losing some of the key components. I'm a huge component. First of all, being one of the main recruiters, you know, for Alabama, right? One of the best in the nation. So, you know, how you how you're able to keep your staff going? These these are things that aren't really easy to do. And yeah. I I think that what certainly in Oregon's case, they became stagnant. Now, you know, again with with football. Like we talked about, you know, the excitement of the buildup and what we're talking about with our teams right? specifically is that, you know, the start of the year, anything can happen. Right. That's, and it's yeah, a clean slate. It is. And, you know, maybe that guy isn't that bad. I mean, you look at all the years with Chicago and each year, you know, they're, they're like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe our quarterback isn't that bad. I think there's so many players involved, you know, with the teams that, you can say that, you know, if there was a, even a culture movement throughout the team, that maybe that will be the difference this year. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you could have the exact same team. No one's different and feel that maybe that's going to help. And that's, I think, exciting about football. You know, that's 
it can be a lot of things that can change it from right tweaking some things yeah but and, it could be nothing yeah it seems to be different to me than the other sports it just seems to be more exciting and, and again i love football and going back to my first exposure to football is when you know i'm a kid you know 11 12 years old in newport oregon and you know going up and watching the friday night games and newport was kind of a powerhouse okay in football and you could run the sidelines back then because there was a track around the field like there are in a lot of high schools yeah and so you know you weren't kept in the in the bleachers yeah and i remember just being up there and watching games and watching these guys and then really so you guys the fans and everyone was around the field oh absolutely really oh yeah I've never experienced that. Oh. I've always had it stands and, you know, I'm in high school. It was, yeah, it's awesome. Friday night, everyone goes, you get to hang out with your friends, you know, it's something to do. Um, but it's exciting. It brings everyone together. And, but yeah, I never, I mean, I never played in high school. Yeah. Newport, you could, you could walk oh, the side. Interesting. Okay. Maybe and that's, a, is that like a time difference? Maybe. Oh, I think it is. Generational. Difference? I think it is. Now you have. You have insurance issues, yeah, because players flying off the field, you know, and taking out some old guy that happens to be sta- standing there watching, standing there watching with a beer in his hand. Well, yeah, no, no beers, no hydro flask. Yeah, <laughs> so, but you know, that's what I remember. Yeah, you know, and then playing the years that I played, and then coming back to Newport and watching Mike, my brother, play for Newport, and up and down the sidelines and watching the game that way. And then I was away from the game for a long time until Zach's freshman year. Right. And going back and and watching a football game live again, there was just a feeling. And it wasn't that Zach was playing. It was the smell of the grass. It was just the event. You know, and this is, this is a Thursday night freshman game. Yeah. But just being there. Now, one thing I didn't like is they wouldn't allow you on sidelines. I'd not watched a game other than, you know, the Ducks or, or, you know, a pro football game. I've never not watched one from the sidelines. Yeah. And it was different. And it was kind of, you know, okay. You know, I get it. Yeah. You know, and then through those four years and then, you know, through college, you know, watching the games. And then when that ended, when Zach was no longer playing, that ended that. Right. And as I've tried a few times to go back to Corona because the Pete's, you know, who Zach played with, um, and I knew the dad. Okay. And so it was somebody to talk to, and I knew uh, at least one of the coaches. And it, But it wasn't the same. Right. Well, when you don't have that connection to it, you know, um, I think that's any, any sport, you know. I mean, you, whether it's your team or it's, you know, a, a, someone you know playing – it's just not, uh, you're not as invested in it. And so it doesn't mean as much to you. It's not, you're not able to connect to it yeah. as much as you would if it was, there was something else, you know, motivating you. Well, I think that's, that's very true. You know, again, that was, that was a lot of fun to go through that and to watch games and the, you know, the excitement, the build up, And, you know, of course, you know, you went to some games oh, when, yeah. when, uh, Zach was at Western, you know, we talked about the... Drove to Silver City many times. Over to Silver City and then our, our trip to Alpine, Texas. Oh, yeah. We talked about that and uh, the, the fun adventures we had there. 
I'll have to look again, but I'm pretty sure that was about a 10 and a half, 11 hour drive. Oh yeah. No, that was, it was well over 10. Um, I remember it being, uh, the longest by far that we had to drive for one of his games. Oh yeah. No, that was, that was a long ways. Yeah. And that was a great time. It oh. was so much fun and showing up at and tailgating. Yeah. Uh, we were the only ones doing that by the way. The only ones. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if there was anyone else on the street at that time. Well, there's no one by. in the parking lot. We wondered at the time whether we were at the right stadium. Yeah. It wasn't until 20 minutes before the game when everyone started showing up that we realized we were there. A couple buses showed up. So we're like, well, you know, this is Alpine, Texas. I don't see another football field. <laughs> so, but you know, again, it, it was the event and it was so much fun. Right. Because that was Zach's first game that he actually played in. Yeah. Because the week before we were in Flagstaff and they played in NAU. NAU. Yeah, I remember that. He and, never ended up getting in the game. Well, they wanted to redshirt him. Yeah. So they, they held him out of the game on purpose. But that game and, and that trip have memories that, but for a different reason. Yes. <laughs> we won't go into. <laughs> but yeah, football is uh, it's just different. And it's exciting and it's fun and I, I can't wait. But time, you know, time's going a little bit slower. You know, right. it always does when you're anticipating something. Yes. But it's, it's not too bad. And like you mentioned earlier, with social media, it's so easy to keep up on everything that's happening. There's, there's so many different people reporting on, you know, fall camp. Right. Spring practices now, you know, or yeah, no spring practices before, but right. with the fall, fall practices and spring right. camp before. Yeah, through the spring and yeah. and somebody reporting every day. And one of the things that's nice with the new regime, with uh, Willie Taggart, with the Ducks, is they are much more open. They're actually showing and allowing fans yeah. to come and, and watch some of, of their practices. Uh, they're allowing uh, some of the media, the prior staffs, had everything closed off. Right. And they would allow only the University of Oregon sports uh person to report on what was going on in practice right it was very controlled one point of view basically right and it was what they wanted to put out and that goes back to i think the one that really did that was chip kelly and his you know absolute secrecy i don't want anybody to ever know what we're doing and all of this and it's football come on right i mean you're you're not training secret troops to you know, to go into North Korea here. You're not doing very many different drills than the person next to you. Exactly. And I do like the idea of opening things up. Yeah. And gets a lot involved. It I does. Mean, you're, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited now that I've been able to watch some of the plays and some of our team run through some drills, even though, you know, it doesn't mean much unless it's against someone else. But you get excited. You get to see him run. Right. You could, yeah. Yeah. There's, it, that's more openness. He, he's allowing his coaches to go out and speak to the media. Yeah. And some of the players, they make, you know, players available, which they had done in the past in a limited way, but just opening things up more and talking more about what's going on. Now, again, you know, with this kind of change, you know, my expectations for this year for both of the teams is relatively low. I think which is fair. We'll be competitive. Yeah. That's all I want to see. Uh I think that both of the teams last year, whether you're talking about the 49ers or the Ducks, weren't competitive. 
They weren't playing hard. I don't think the, any of the players bought in. No, it was, it was really hard to watch as a fan, like hard, you know, it's when you don't have the players invested in what they're doing now, you can lose every single game. But if you feel like the team is trying their hardest and that, you know, the, the team is invested in trying to make it better then you're going to stick with them. And it's, you know, a little bit easier, but everyone had their head down last year. Right. And yeah, I didn't feel like there was any competitiveness. I didn't feel like, you know, that any of the players, well, I won't say any of the players, I think some of them were, but to a great extent, uh, there were a lot of players that weren't not, not enough and not the whole team weren't playing hard. And that's what makes the difference. Exactly. You know, you have to play hard. If you're playing defense, you've got to run to the ball. Right. And what I saw last year was a lot of somebody making a mistake. Okay, well, that's going to happen. Right. Somebody's going to miss a tackle. But then all of a sudden the guy runs for another 30 yards or 50 yards or something because everybody else was kind of watching going, oh, you got that. All right, that's good. And that's not the way you play defense. Right. And again, it's the enthusiasm that you have for a new year and the excitement of having some changes. Now, right. you know, we may look at the end of the year going, Willie Taggart, are you kidding me? I don't think so. I mean, we were we were excited about Mark Helfridge. Yeah. At one point in time or another. Well, in yes. Way, I mean, yes. we were. I wanted to support we him. Wanted to, we I wanted loved, him to be good. Well, exactly. And I love the story. We want Taggart to be good. Now he has a more proven record of being able to be good. Well, I, I read back. something the other day, and it's totally true, that he's had two good years. Now he took over two horrible fran or uh, programs, right? They're not franchises, programs. So he took over Western Kentucky, and they hadn't won a game the year before. Made them competitive, and then he he went to South Florida, and he took them to a bowl. He took them to a, a ten and two season. Yeah, where when he took over the program, I think they'd won one game. So, but this was over years of time, right? This is over a three or four year period. Yeah. So to say, yes, he's only had two good seasons. He's never maintained anything. He's built two back from nothing. Progression, I think he's gotten better every single year. And that's what you can hang your hat on. That's what you exactly. really can, can say is he's done. The other thing that excites me about, about Willie Taggart is the, the staff he was able to put together. Right. And that's what makes you more confident about it is that it's not just him. No. And it's not just the group of guys that he had in South Florida. Right. He did bring one of the guys with him, but he also went out and he got... Which is the running backs coach, correct? Pimpleton, yeah. Yeah. But he also went out and got one of the best, if not the best, arguably, defensive coordinators in the Pac-12. Right. And Levitt. Yep. Okay, and Levitt brought one of his secondary coaches from Colorado, which and who had done a great job. Grabbing the one of the best defensive line coaches from Washington State. Exactly. And then, of course, the earlier talked about Cristobal. I mean, Cristobal from Alabama. I mean, and Arroyo out of Texas. And you just look at the people that he put together. And then the fun thing is listen to them talk. Now they're all going to the sports cliches, you know, glad to be here. You know, we're going to try to compete and we're going to do this. Right. And what you expect, you know, to God hear willing, and then when creeks don't rise, you know, we're going to win a game. <laughs> but you can see past that. And these, you look at the enthusiasm of these guys, and then you look at, at consistently what the players talk about. And, you know, yes, again, you have the cliches, but they talk about the energy that the coaching staff brings to the practices. 
and brings to the team meetings right and the things that they're doing and that's what i think was lost with the old staff you had guys that you know gary campbell had been there for 35 years he walks in and almost probably does a lecture of you know what's it's, going on you've been doing it so much <laughs> how can you have any new energy Got to get people excited. You know, yeah, Osborne had been there for 25 years and you had guys that had been there for 18 years. And, and, you know, when there's something new, there's an excitement to it and there's an enthusiasm to it. And if you can blend the staff together, so that's exciting. You know, you know, the 49ers, they went with, with Lynch, who was, you know, an excellent football player. Yeah. Not that many years ago. And went into the broadcast booth and one of my, one of my favorite broadcasters, but had no experience as a GM, but they gave him a shot and they said, okay, we're going to hire a coach. We're going to hire you. We're going to give you both six year contracts, even though we're still paying the coach from last year and the coach from the year before that. And the coach from the year before that, because you know, they're still have money on their deals. Right. But what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to sign you guys to six years and we're going to try to build something here and we're making a commitment to you which is what I think they need to do. They can't look at it as we well, need to do something and make a change again in a couple of years. That's one of the scary things about a change is that if you start making changes and you've seen this in college football and you've seen it in, in pro football and every sport where a change, when it doesn't work out now, what do you do? Right. Do you continue to change or do you try to work it out? Yeah. And is there something to work out? Is, yeah, is, is there, possible? is there something there? Right. Again, football is just different to me. And I didn't even bring up because I, I hate fantasy football, but that whole genre and that whole thing that people really get into. It's like draft season right now for that, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are people that just love that. That's yeah. That's why they watch football. It's because of fantasy. Yeah. And they you got know, them the, into it. You know, the excitement, the camaraderie with their friends and and all that kind of stuff. It's football. I love it. I'm excited. I can't wait. You know, I'm happy it's here. And yeah. It's going to be fun. Like we've been saying, you know, we've got a couple more weeks before the season actually starts. You know, the end of, of August, once we get into September, games are going to start. Oh, yeah. You know, the other thing, too, and not so much, we live in Arizona, so it's there isn't as much of a change. But I always remember when we were living in Eugene and going to duck games, it was the end of the summer, and it started changing temperature and it started getting a little colder and there was just an atmosphere. Just the air was different. Yeah. And the fall. Oh yeah. And a crispness. And even though, you know, we do change, our weather does change. It it drops down, you know, into the nineties from, from 110. (laughs) So, you know, we can put our sweatshirts on and right. And all of those things, but it's, it's a a wonderful time of year. I agree. But that's our, uh, that's our take on, on football football and why we're excited absolutely so adam okay this is it for for tonight all right i think we did all right i I would say so is this number 20 wow this is number 20 Jeez. let's uh let's have a drink to 20 episodes Uh uh-oh adam (laughs) yeah (laughs) quenched your thirst with the empty glass there oh so good okay well anyway yes this is 20 episodes so thanks for listening guys Hope you've enjoyed them. Absolutely. We have. Oh, that's that's the reason we do it. You know, the, the tens of people out there listening, you know, <laughs> is enough reward to know that we're bringing this kind of pleasure to to that many people. 
But uh, other than that, it's it, we just have a great time with it. Couldn't think of more we could do. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, you know what? You want it? More perspective. Oh, today point them out to me so i can come and join their raid we'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change we'll want to understand this progression we have at hand humanity is killing wheat for this we will not stand i say let's progress in good contest make conference then love our best our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines our love that makes no sense we who spend love at no expense we are a force of passion creating a new faction taking action working hard just for the satisfactions with the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight because our light is in their eyes ladies and gentlemen we are the skies don't remain mystified by their lies and trust us for we will teach you how to be true